Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey guys, welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show. I am your host, Tracy Sandler. I am here in Palm Beach, Florida from the NFL owners meetings. And I have an awesome conversation with NFL Media's Judy Batista coming up. We talk about diversity practices and NFL hiring. We talk a lot about Deshaun Watson. It is really fantastic. But before we get to that, wanted to give you a bit of an update. Spent some time talking with 49ers general manager John Lynch this morning. And he had a lot to say about Jimmy Garoppolo and where things stand right now with them in the 49ers. The 49ers are prepared to keep him on the roster. He said that conceptually there were conversations about trading him going into the combine. The surgery obviously complicated things. He said there was no offer of two second round picks. He said he has not been telling people that, but the 49ers were prepared and are prepared to keep Jimmy and his $25 million salary on the roster, presumably for now, but they're prepared beyond. He wouldn't get into too many specifics on what it would look like in training camp because there's a lot of time until then, as he said. But right now, he said that Jimmy's contract did not do anything to change what they were doing in free agency. They had a plan. They stuck with their plan. They're very excited for where the team is going to go. But essentially, as of now, Jimmy Garoppolo is a member of the San Francisco 49ers. It does not sound like that'll change anytime soon. As you know, he will be able to throw late June, early July. So essentially in training camp. And that is where things stand for Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers per our conversation with John Lynch. And with that, let's get into the conversation with Judy Batista. We're finally here. The top teams in college basketball have been determined and the final four is set. Looking to wager on these games or the national championship? Head over to betonline.ag on your desktop or your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all updated odds and info, along with player props and new contests throughout the year. It's the best sport for all your sporting wagering needs, including live betting and everyone's favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so join today. Learn why everyone is saying Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Hello, and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show. <laughs> I am here with NFL Media's Judy Batista, and we are coming to you. I was going to say live, even though this Aww. won't actually be live, but we are at the beautiful Breakers Hotel in Palm Beach at the NFL owners' meetings. We just spoke with a number of AFC coaches. We just had a lovely breakfast. And then, of course, lovely Judy. I grabbed her and was like, let's record a podcast. And here we are. So much to discuss. I actually want to talk about Deshaun Watson. We're going to get there. Uh, but first, I want to talk about you. I was kind of all over the place in the room. You spent a lot of time with Mike Tomlin talking about diversity and, and hiring in the NFL. And as we know, those practices have not been great. And so I'd right. love to hear what he had to say. Well, anybody who knows Mike Tomlin knows he does not hold back. And especially on this topic, first we asked him about, you know, why did you hire Brian Flores right after mm -hmm. he filed a lawsuit against the NFL? And he said, because I was really 
excited about having a very qualified coach. And I said, you know, were you also concerned about if you didn't hire him? Nobody was going to hire mm-hmm. him this year after the lawsuit, especially. And he said, well, he goes, that may have been on Brian's mind. Mm-hmm. He said, but mostly I, I saw an opportunity to add this really quality coach. He later said he also wanted to support Florence. Mm-hmm. And so when the opportunity arose to hire him, he hired him. I, you know, I think he didn't want Flores to feel alone. Uh-huh. More broadly, I, I asked him, like, you know, the league is expected to make some announcements at this meeting about things that they might do, maybe a committee, an outside committee to look at their hiring practices. And I said, what's your level of optimism that that might help? And he says, I don't have a level of optimism that that's going to help. So um, I, I think Mike Tomlin feels that the NFL has done a lot around the edges, which it has, right? Mm-hmm. They've done a lot to increase the pipeline. They've done a lot to change the timeline of when you can interview coaches. And I think he thinks something more substantial probably needs to be done because it's just not bearing the results that needs to bear. That's 100% true. Does it feel a little bit like, and I hate to use this term, but does it feel a little bit like a Band-Aid? Like we're going to, we're going to see if maybe we can fix that there and we can maybe fix this here. But at the end of the day, a major surgery needs to happen if we're going to go with this analogy. And like, I've talked to other coaches, but I talked to Ron Rivera about it and he's got, like he said, like, for instance, like here we are at this meeting where there's coaches and general managers and owners and media. And he said, like, why aren't high-level assistant coaches at this meeting? Mm-hmm. Like, if you brought minority coaches who are, you know, maybe at the coordinator level, with the next natural step would be to be in the head coach mix. He's like, why aren't they here to get face time in a casual, relaxed setting with mm-hmm. general managers and owners, the people who do the hiring? He's like, that's a band-aid, but it's a little thing that's important because so much of what we hear is... Owners and general managers hire people they're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And the only time many of them see black coaches is is in the work setting, right? Mm-hmm. If they employ them if they're the owners. Mm-hmm. And maybe they see them in the job interview, which is obviously an extremely high-pressure environment. So you never see them in this sort of relaxed, casual, like, let's go have a drink and sit by the pool environment. Mm-hmm. That would go a long way, I think, to maybe helping people get comfortable I don't think it's the answer. I do no. think like major surgery is probably needed. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, they've got to keep trying things. And I, I think one thing that they were so frustrated by, and Roger was included in this, is that they've got backwards. Like it's gotten, somehow it has gotten worse. They've done all this stuff and it's, they've got fewer minority coaches. And that I think is just confounding. That is confounding. And this was a coaching cycle. There were a, a number of open positions, a lot of open positions. And a lot of qualified minority candidates. Like both coordinators in Tampa Bay just want to super all. Toggles, the former head coach. Um, Obviously, Brian Flores got fired and then did not get another job. It was a bad cycle. It was a very bad cycle. It was one of those things that as each coach got hired, there was that kind of sinking feeling of like, this is not going to go the way this this should go. I think there was a, I mean, I was talking to people at the start of the cycle, right after the regular season hits, and there was a lot of optimism because there were so many qualified, we thought qualified candidates in the mix and so many openings. So Mm -hmm. you're like, okay, let's do the math. Like some of these guys are going to get jobs and then you're right. each one got filled, you're sort of trying to put the pieces, like project where the next pieces are going to go. And you sort of have this sinking feeling. I think when the Giants hired Brian Dayball, who was eminently qualified, 
you know, deserves to be a head coach too. But I think that was a piece that people were like, you know, they didn't make a hire. Um, yeah, and there was a sinking feeling and then I think just outrage and disappointment and like just such frustration. And there's a there's a part of me that felt like and feels like, well, we're talking about it and that's gonna make a difference. But it's not making yeah, a we've difference. Been about it we've been talking about it for a very, time. very not long time. And it's and to your point that you just said, it's getting worse. It's getting worse. They've so gone backwards. They've gone backwards. So I don't know and I don't know that anything's going to get solved in the next couple of days. And, and, and I don't know what major surgery looks like, but I think it needs, it needs to be done. We're just going to stick with this analogy all the way, but I do think it, it needs to be done. So there's that. And we have a lot of serious topics this morning on the Tracy Sandler show. And this is something that I was able to talk a little bit about um, a couple weeks ago, but haven't really had an opportunity to talk a lot about uh, on this podcast yet. And that is of course, Deshaun Watson to the Browns. And we saw the press conference on Friday that I think made all of us very uncomfortable, uncomfortable. It made us cringe, um, men and women alike, but something that I've really been struggling with. And Judy and I talked a little bit about this offline and I'm really struggling with it as a female reporter who covers the NFL. It is news. And I have to share the news that Deshaun Watson's been traded to the Cleveland Browns for, you know, basically the city of Houston, like for a million things. And, and I have a problem with it. It's hard because it just makes me uncomfortable. I think, as you can tell by the way that I'm having trouble saying, it's a little bit icky. It makes me uncomfortable. And the other thing that kind of concerns me is something else that goes on in the league. That, you know, women, protecting women, believing women is not as important. You have Calvin Ridley has been suspended for a year for betting on games, and I'm not condoning that. That was a bad thing to do. But Sean Watson just got well over $200 million in guaranteed money. And I understand criminal charges have not been brought, but 22 women is a lot of women. And when you read the reporting and you really delve into it, it does not look good. And so I just would love to get your thoughts because you're of course similar boat uh, as a female reporter, reporter covering this league. And this is, this has been a tough thing in the last couple of weeks. Well, in the last year, really. Yeah. I agree with everything you just said. Um, it has been, especially these last few weeks after the grand jury, uh, declined to bring charges, it felt like that was the starting gun on the rate, like literally like within minutes, like all of a sudden there was, you know, so-and-so is going to be interested. They're going to pursue, they're going to pursue. And it felt like this race and it was like, whoa, like mm -hmm. there are still like 22 women of alleging maybe it doesn't rise in the grand jury's eyes to criminal level activity, but at the very least, incredibly inappropriate behavior. Mm -hmm. And we don't know the disposition of that. And by the way, the teams don't know the disposition of that either. They're yeah. just taking a flyer um, and, you know, and keeping their fingers crossed. Um, it was unseemly. That's the way it, it was unseemly. just so unseemly that this pursuit, and I am not naive, I've covered the NFL for more than 20 years. I understand that the bottom line is to win games, and that is what keeps everybody employed. I get it. I get that Cleveland hasn't had a, mm -hmm. a win in a long, long time. I get it, and I get that Deshaun Watson is the last time we saw him on the field. Mm -hmm. Top five quarterback. He is a fabulous young player. It was icky. Uh, it was just, uh, it was gross. And the fact that these teams went all in and were like becoming supplicants, like going to try to woo him was just, the dynamic was so unsettling to me. And then that Cleveland rewards it with this like unprecedented, literally precedent setting in the NFL, fully guaranteed contract. 
still not knowing what's going to happen to the civil cases, right? Like, mm-hmm. and then when they had the press conference, which was icky in its own right, oh. and I felt for Andrew Berry being a, that owners were not at the press conference, which was a separate matter, mm-hmm. but should have been there because as a result, the general manager and head coach had to take all the bullets. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when they asked, I think it was the very last question of the press conference, they asked Andrew Berry, like, do you, do you believe he's here? Are you confident that he is innocent? That he not answer the question yes like he did not he said well we're confident as a person Deshaun wants it it's like I that's how I can't remember exactly phrasing but I he, I distinctly remember he did not say yes we believe he's in it and I was like wow if you can't say that like what are we doing here like what's happened here um you know, it's it, it was unsettling, and I'm curious to see how it plays out now. We still got the league investigating and mm-hmm. the league discipline. I, I have absolutely no idea when something might happen and what it might look like, if anything. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson was adamant in that press conference that he was not going to settle. He didn't want to settle. So what happens there? How does that play out? It's just, I thought it was just ugly and unseemly. And I think the reality is, this is harsh, but like if they win a lot of games, like it will all go away eventually. Well, you're right. And I think ultimately, and I'm not going to put, I'm not putting thoughts or words in anyone's mouth, but what came across in the press conference, they don't care if he's innocent or not. Right. He's a top five quarterback. Right. right. And criminal charges are not being brought. I mean, even the way the contract is structured, that really if he, it's, his base salary the first year is the least amount, so he'd lose the least amount of money if he were to be suspended. I think they don't care, and I don't think that's a stretch to feel that. I can't guarantee that. I can't confirm that. But I think that's – and I think there were a few things to shot. So I want, you want to say something. I want you to speak it No, I thought um, – yeah, I think – I think everybody cared if he was going to be criminal. Right? Yes. I mean, that would have been that a they much different cared. order of magnitude, right? They, they, and they all waited for that, right? They mm-hmm. Nobody made a move um, before that. But then once the briefest threat was removed, I think they all looked at this and like, well, it's a simple case. Like, you can settle this, or maybe this will disappear. And, well, it's not criminal, so maybe it was just, you know some uncomfortable behavior, but it's criminal, so it's okay. Like, they sort of rationalize it in their heads. And let's be honest, we all rationalize stuff in our heads all the time. We all root for people that maybe if you look too deep in their biography, you'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, why do I root for this person? Um, so, yes, I think to a degree they don't care. Um, and I, But to me, the most, and this is more from a business point of view, the idea that you would cast your franchise with this kind of money at stake. He's the face of the franchise. He's the quarterback. And he, because he's so young, he's potentially the face of your franchise for a dozen years, 15 mm-hmm. years. I mean, if, if he wins, like... Uh-huh. He, theoretically a dozen years at least like that you're taking that kind of course where you don't know if he's going to be held liable in those cases like wow are you out on a limb now you know it's it's quite a risk and they were comfortable making it obviously and it's a pattern of behavior if yeah. it's true so then you're also taking another risk well, you're, I mean, you're obviously banking on the yeah. idea that this is nothing like this will ever, ever happen again. I mean, God, I, 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 for a million reasons, we hope that's true. I but, very much hope that's um, true. It's but just it's certainly there, counting on that, that we will never have a discussion. Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, 
recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. I actually think it will help if the NFL disciplines him, Mm -hmm. if the NFL suspends him, because then at least there will be some sense of, okay, there was some punishment for Mm -hmm. the behavior, even if the behavior's not criminal. Even if it's just wildly inappropriate behavior, like there will have been some punishment, and that will provide at least some closure. I think part of what unsettles everybody right now is how open all this. Like, it's still all current and nothing's happened um and so i actually think it would benefit like it certainly benefits the league i don't think it would benefit to sean watson i agree like i go back to and this is not a, not drawing an equivalent but i go back to the michael vick situation obviously a much different situation he's from two years in a federal prison mm-hmm. and as disgusted as we all were by the dog fighting stuff and i when he went to prison i thought like he will never play in NFL, mm-hmm. that's he's done and there was an outcry when the Eagles brought him back. Mm-hmm. But he, first of all, he was very contrite. Mm-hmm. He was. He was quite, he handled himself quite well. The Eagles handled the situation quite well. And you could point to him and say, he did just serve mm-hmm. two years. Like, right? Like, I, what else do you want to do? Like, you, you know, are, are we going to give people an opportunity of redemption and second chances? And if you believe that, then... At least he served his time. He served a debt to society. And so this would not be the equivalent of an NFL suspension. Right. But at least there would be some sense of, okay, he was punished in some way. Mm-hmm. There was some discipline. It's been made clear to him that this pattern of behavior cannot possibly be repeated. Mm-hmm. Then I think that would allow some code. It might. I mean, at least it, it would be something because right now, right now, it just feels like he's being rewarded. Yes, really. Right. Is that's all, exactly it's, how it's, it's, felt. It's, it's like okay, you don't have criminal charges, and you're going to be rewarded for your behavior. Right. Exactly. It doesn't matter. And I think that's what is so unsettling. So I agree with you. It's not the same as as legal. And I think you know, going back to Michael Vick, I'm a big dog person. That whole thing was horrifying to me. But our system is that you serve your time, and then you do get a second right. chance. So right. that's. If that's what we believe, then that's what we believe. Maybe a, a more analogous example is, is Ben Roethlisberger, who mm-hmm. now he was not changing teams. Obviously, he was still at the Steelers, so he didn't have that element. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had already won a Super Bowl for the Steelers, so mm-hmm. there was already a lot invested. That you know, there was mm-hmm. a lot there in that relationship. Um, but you know, he had allegations of misbehavior with women, and um, he was never criminally charged. He was suspended by the league. He served the suspension. He was suspended initially by six, was reduced to four. He served the suspension. And when they brought him back, you know, this was made clear, obviously, this could never happen again. And, you know, Roethlisberger was pretty contrite. And, mm-hmm. like, eventually, 
you know, moved mm-hmm. on, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I know that there are Steelers fans who were never quite fully comfortable mm-hmm. with him again after that. Like always felt a little bit like, you know, I can't believe I'm rooting for this guy. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I think people were able to move on because at least he had been punished and he had that like I obviously never be in this position. I put people in a terrible position. I put my team in a bad position. Mm-hmm. And so I think if we can get to that point with Deshaun Watson, maybe that'll make it a little bit more palatable. I don't know. It's going to be a while. Well, you brought something up with Ben Roethlisberger and with Michael Vick. Both were contrite. Yeah, and I think that piece. is a huge piece of it. And one of the things for me personally that I found very unsettling, there were a couple of things that Sean Watson said that I found upsetting or unsettling. But no, I'm also going to go with upsetting. I'm just going upsetting. When he said, I didn't disrespect anyone. There are 22 people who feel that you did. And I understand that he has civil cases. But there has to be a way to say... I never meant to treat anybody with any disrespect. There has to be a way to say, I think he also said, I have no regrets, which is also quite a statement. Um, I think, let me, I would say, I I have not asked anybody about this. My assumption is that he was not prepped by PR people for that. He was prepped by his lawyers. Mm -hmm. These are all active cases and lawyers clearly do not want him indicating anything that would even be a suggestion of guilt since he is not going to admit anything. Um, And so uh, the other piece that he said, like when they asked him, like, well, if the league, you know, as part of the discipline wants you to go to counseling, would you do that? And he like rebuffed that right away. Like, well, I don't think I have a problem. I don't have a problem, so I don't think this is like it. So you're just like, <laughs> like, like, okay. Again, like there were a lot of moments in this where, okay. Well, I think you bring up a very good point about the lawyers because I'm sure that there is because I assume that if he said. I just feel like, yes, that someone, some sort of PR person should have, because right. there probably was a way to say without maybe admitting anything, there's a weird way to say, I do not feel I did anything wrong. I would never intentionally disrespect right. a woman. Uh, I regret people feel right. that way. Right. Uh, if the NFL feels I should go to counseling in a show of good faith right. to, but again, I think, but he probably can't I say am almost certainly that he was prepped for that by lawyers and not yeah, by PR people who don't have a soft in the edges, right? The lawyers are just like denied, denied, denied. Like you can't mm-hmm. get anywhere near admitting anything while these cases are still active. So, which goes back to our earlier thing of all of this, it becomes that's and that's where it gets difficult. And I think that's right. where, and I, I also feel for um, the Browns GM and for the coach mm-hmm. and for Kevin Savansky and Andrew Barry. And I, you know, the owners not being there is a terrible look because then you terrible. do own the team. That's the, well, it's you, just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And, I, and I know when they did, they did a zoom a few hours after the fact, you know, and they said, well, we, we had a commitment outside of the country. And I was just like, as somebody in the league said this to me, a like, what was more important in that moment than that? Mm-hmm. Like, what? Like, unless you're at like your child's wedding mm-hmm. or somebody's funeral, like what? Or, and then push the press conference, and then move the press. But at the the bottom line is, don't have the press conference without them. Like, yeah. if they can't be at the press conference until tomorrow, then hold the press conference tomorrow. That's okay. Mm-hmm. It's fine. We'll all be there anyway. It doesn't yeah. matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but like to not have them there. Drew uh, Barry and, and Kevin Stefanski, who I believe are all in on Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Not, I'm not giving them a pass, but like they're not the ultimate decision makers. We have, we know that about the NFL. Ultimately, especially on acquisitions like this, at this amount of money, there's 
it's all the way up to Jimmy and Dean Hoffman. Mm-hmm. To not have them there to face the questions. Mm. That was not a good look. No, it was definitely not a good look. Um, and it was... It's all very unfortunate. So it's, it brings up so many things, to be honest. And I think that's that becomes a struggle for a lot of us, not just for women, but for men. Um, but I think as women, you know, at the end of the day, we all have battles that only we understand. And I think it's our, our male colleagues and allies understand as much as they can, but they can't totally understand. Like a man will never understand what it's like for a woman to leave a restaurant and walk to her car in a dark parking lot, looking around scared. Yes. Like I have my phone open with 911 and, you know, like it's just not something. Well, and I think even at, at, to a much lesser extent than that, like, like they are not as aware of like the power imbalance. Yes. Um, and I think that's a, probably a big part of the Deshaun Watson Very well said. Um, and so if it's not, if it's not criminal activity, there's certainly a power imbalance there between employer mm-hmm. and employee. Um, and I think most of our male colleagues, including ones who try really hard to understand, I don't think that that is immediately evident to them. No, I, I agree. No, I think that's true. And it, it just, it is what it is. And at some point, hopefully that will change down the road. I don't have a ton of hope I'm, I'm, um, I'm not feeling overly confident I'm not feeling overly right optimistic, now. but right. um, I think that's, um, that is, that, that is, I'm just really glad we had this discussion again. It's obviously a little bit hard for me to talk about it because it's just hard it's to talk hard about. for everybody. And, hard. and honestly, I know for some of our male colleagues in the media, it's hard for them to talk about it too. It's just a really well, it's just like big elephant in the room. It's terrible. It's just a very tough topic for everybody. It really is. So I appreciate you coming on to discuss it. Um, I'm going to let you go shortly, but as long since we're on this topic now. The acquisition of Deshaun Watson means there is another quarterback in the Cleveland area that needs to be on his way. And um, and there is a quarterback in San Francisco that also there needs to be on his way. So you have our last two, Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo, a little bit the last two standing, so to speak. The musical chairs analogy has been used. What happens when the music stops? Uh, None of us know, so we don't have a crystal ball, unfortunately, because that would help me so much in life if I did. But we don't have a crystal ball, but it's just you know, kind of interesting to see how that happens. Uh, I might be biased because I've covered the man for a long time. I'd go Jimmy Rock over Baker Mayfield, but that's me. Uh, but I just love to, to hear your thoughts before I let well, you first go. of all, the, the carousel has been berserk. I mean, unbelievable, mm-hmm. insane mm-hmm. movement of quarterbacks. Um, you know, Jimmy, I, I don't think there's any question that Jimmy's situation has been complicated by the shoulder surgery. Absolutely. Right? I, I have no doubt Jimmy Garoppolo would have been treated by now had he been healthy, had yeah. that not been a factor. But like, for instance, in the case of the Indianapolis Colts, let's just take them. I know that they wanted a quarterback who was going to be in there, you know, now mm-hmm. the OTA mm-hmm. start in a few weeks so that they part of the whole plant, the whole offseason work. So that is obviously a problem. Right? Yeah. Jimmy's not going to be able to throw until training camp, we hope. Right. So I, I think that that's the situation there. And I, I suspect that maybe now they just hold on to him and, and for a little bit. And I think see so. what happens um, and see how things shake out. Unfortunately, we know there are always injuries once they get yeah. on the field, especially once you get into training camp and preseason games. And I think that's probably what will happen. It'll be right, right before training camp or during training right. camp at, at that point. And they can, they restructure the contract. They can keep him for now. Right. It's just, I don't think it's an ideal situation for everybody, for anybody, not. but it is, no. you know, but it is that, what it is. But I think, and then the Baker thing is much more interesting because uh-huh. like, I don't know where he might land. Like, I, because if he were going to land, I suspect he would have landed. Right. Um, 
you know, it doesn't appear that like the Panthers who are even a quarterback, maybe like it doesn't appear they're going there. It doesn't appear Seattle. Like, so maybe that takes a while. Maybe they end up releasing him. I mean, and, and I think his situation is complicated by a few things. First of all, I think the, the Instagram and Twitter statement when they were pursuing Deshaun before that happened, like, we all know Baker is an emotional player and then actually that spurs him when he plays, like he plays like that for better or worse. And, but I think that reminded people like, right. Let's Baker Mayfield. Right. Do you <laughs> want to deal with that? Mm-hmm. And the other thing is he has a really big contract right now. Right? He's got a big cap number. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing a trade, like you've got a, like there's a lot of money involved there. Um, you know, that's not for a lot of teams. That's a disqualifier. So I think, I think both he and Jimmy have like sort of complicated situations. Baker, I'm interested in because you just wonder like, when is that going to be settled? I mean, you know that Cleveland, not, you don't even have to ask them, I mean, you know they would like to get that wrapped up, right? I oh, mean, yeah. I don't mean, I mean, I'm not trying to be harsh here about Baker, but like, you know, they would like to get that. Oh, yeah. They got enough on their plate mm-hmm. with the Deshaun Watson thing. Like, I don't think they want to have to deal with that too. And they'd like to just, you know, tie that up with a bow and move along. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how that's going to play out, right? Like, with whom? Like, if you want to trade somebody, you got to have a trading partner. And I'm just not sure where that partner is coming from right now, especially with the, you know, the draft is only a few weeks away now. So we'll see. Um, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a complicated situation. It's definitely a complicated situation. Well, we have this beautiful setting. I know. And we're so, and we had, you know, difficult things to talk about it, but I have to say there's no one I would rather talk about these things with you. Like, just, uh, thank you. You're, thank you're you. very welcome. I have so much respect for you. So I just think um, these discussions have to be had. Yes. And if anything's ever going to change, then they have to be had. So again, major surgery, but, but we can, at least we had yes. the discussion. So thank you for joining me this morning. My pleasure. You guys, if you like what you heard, and I know you did, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. Follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. And we are brought to you by Bet Online. And with that, goodbye from Palm Beach. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.